a few hundred years ago, in Russia, the king, his name was Tsar Nikolai I, and he was very, very nasty. He especially did not like Yidin. He made a lot of Xeras against the Yidin. He especially made a famous Xera called the Xera of the Cantonists. And that was that he would take the Yinglach from a very young age, like seven years old, and he would grab them away from their houses, steal them away from their houses, and bring them into the Russian army. Now, you might think seven years old is a little bit grown up, a little bit older. Maybe you know how to do some things yourself, a little smarter. But it's not big enough to be a soldier in the army. You can't take a sword and fight against an adult. They don't need a boy seven years old in the army. The reason why the Tsar did it, he didn't say wait till you're 14 or 15, you're bigger and stronger a little bit, or 18, whatever, is because he mainly wanted the Yilach to forget what it means to be a Yid. He said, even if I take a Yid who's the best, you know, the best thing and learns everything, if I take him away from Yidin, keep him amongst Goyim, and don't let him do nothing of Yiddishkeit, he's gonna forget, and he'll become a Goy, like us. And that was his real plan. So the first thing they would do, Rahman al when they would kidnap these boys, is they would rip, tear, steal away the Yamaka and Titsis, if they had any Svarim, they rip it away from them, and they would say, so now that I do any mitzvahs, they try to give them treif, and any time they would say, no, I want to do a daven or something, they would, Rahman al they would beat them up, and try to force them, and then they would send Galachim to talk to the boys, you know, you have to be a guy, you're not supposed to be it anymore, no one cares about you, Hashem doesn't care, Rahman al all these things, these Mishagasim, they said, so a lot of them held very strong. And even if they got beaten, they wouldn't do anything against the Yiddishkeit. They had a lot of serious nefesh. Some of them, they couldn't stand all the pressure and all the beatings. And some of them gave in and said, okay, fine, I'll go to the Galach or whatever. But a lot of them stood very strong. And even though they couldn't learn, they never really teaching them Torah. They didn't learn any more Chumash. They didn't learn, they didn't have any Sudurim. But they knew I'm a Yid. And we tried to do what we could. If they knew something is not kosher, okay, I'm not going to eat it. Just eat kosher food. If they knew it's Shabbos, they'll try not to do work today. Whatever they, they, they remembered. But imagine, imagine the boys telling each other, that, 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 you know what, let's learn something. The, the soldiers on here are not going to get us in trouble if we're learning now. What did Rebbe tell us uh, a few months ago about the Pasuk and Chumash? Do you remember? Even if they would remember, they could remember the what they learned. They couldn't learn more. They didn't have any Svarim. It was very, very hard. But they had a lot of mysterious nefesh. Okay, no one's looking when they dive into Hashem. Okay, no one's looking when they dive in a little bit. They didn't know the whole Siddur. They didn't have any Siddurim. Remember how much did learn with us? How much did Tati learn with us? Okay. This story is about a Cantonist. He's what's called a hero. He did very, very good things. You'll hear in the story. And he became the Tsar's friends. We'll see what happened. The Tsar Nikolai, every so often he would leave his palace in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night, and he would dress up like a regular person. And he would go amongst regular people. He wanted to see what people said about him. So back then, they didn't have cameras. They didn't have pictures everywhere. So most people didn't even know what the king looked like. So the king said, good, no one knows what I look like. If I put on regular clothes and go amongst people, no one's going to know I'm the king. He would go around and talk to people and say, oh, what happened in the palace? What did the king do? Oh, do you like the king? And they wouldn't know it's the king himself there. And he wanted to hear what people say about him. Okay. So one night, the king left his palace in regular clothes. And he went to a place called a bar. Where goyim sit and they drink mashke. 
Not like you didn't drink. You didn't buy it for banging to say a little l'chaim to help serve Hashem, help, or buy maybe on Shabbos, a little bit of Kiddush. Go ahead and do it, whatever, not, not in a Yiddish way. And he sat down in the bar next to a soldier. Thought it was a regular soldier. He didn't know this soldier was really a Yid, a Cantonist. Cause he looked like a guy. So many years in the army, you couldn't, he looked like a guy. Fine. And the soldier, he knew he's a Yid, but he didn't know much more than that. So he's like, he's drinking, fine, drinking them. And he sees someone sitting next to him. Oh, my buddy, come, drink. He pours him a cup of mashke. Drink it. Okay, the king drinks it. And he didn't know he's giving a present, a mashke, to the king. Didn't know it was the king. The king finished the cup. And the soldier gives him a whack on the back. Hey, what are you hitting me for? Don't you know the rule? Once you finish your cup, cup's empty. Have to refill it. Take more mashke. Here, had a bottle, poured him another cup. Drink more. Uh, okay, drink another cup, and they both drinking, and he finished the cup, another whack, uh, okay, uh, here, take another cup, basically, he didn't know he was giving mashke and giving a patch to the king, and drinking all the mashke, they finish, they're a little shikir, and the soldier takes out his last few coins, and pastes the bottle of mashke, he says, uh, bring more, bring another bottle, he didn't have any money for it, bring another bottle, okay, takes another bottle, and they start drinking, and they're getting a shikir, and they're finished, and it comes time to pay. And the guy in charge says, okay, where's the money? Um, I paid you for the last bottle. For the next bottle, where's the money? I don't have. What is this? You're going to come here and not pay me? You have to pay right now. Uh, I don't, uh, what do I have? Uh, looking around. Do I have anything on me? Uh, you know what? Uh, I have one thing here. Every soldier has a sword, which they use to fight in the army. Now, it's one of the biggest evaders you could ever do in the army is to give away your sword. Imagine that the enemy attacks. Okay, let's fight. Uh, and you don't have your sword. So what, the enemy's going to win because you don't have your sword? It's one of the biggest evaders. But the soldier's kind of shaker and didn't have any money. He says, you know what? I'll give you my sword. My sword's worth a lot more than that bottle mashke. I'll go back. I'll find some money somehow in a few days. And I'll come back and I'll give you the money. You'll give me back my sword in a few days. So the guy in charge said, fine. I'm sure you'll pay me if I hold your sword for you. The sword is worth a lot of money and you need your sword. Fine. So the king's there and sees, wait a minute, this soldier's gave away his sword. It's one of the biggest evaders you can do in the army. But the king didn't say, I'm the king. How dare you? Because he didn't want anybody to know that he goes around secretly. So the king watches. Okay, a little shikha, but you saw what happens. They're walking out, you know, like shikha, like, oh. And the king says, oh, by the way, my buddy, what part of the army do you work in? And he said, what part of the army? Okay, thank you. Have a good night. And they leave. The king goes back to his palace, turns and goes back. No one sees. And the soldier goes back to the army. The next morning, they get a special messenger telling them the king is coming for a surprise visit to this exact part of the army. He wants to see how everything is doing. Everyone's getting very scared. Because they knew the king's very, very strict and very nasty. If he sees one thing wrong, he could punish people very hard. He could even kill people if he doesn't anything just because he wants. Imagine if you see some dirt in the floor. You didn't clean up? All you Siberia, all you off with your whatever. You can. So everyone's scared. Everyone's cleaning their clothes perfect, making polishing their shoes and everything. Everything's clean. And this soldier who last night gave away his sword, 
Now he's in big trouble. He's worried. Oh no. I need to be there. I can't be missing. And if, I'm, if I don't have my sword. If the king sees my sword is missing, <laughs> I'm in huge trouble. What do I do? And to go back, to run, go get it and come back is too far. I don't have time. I don't have money for it. This thing, what do I do? So he got an idea. You know what? He went and found a big piece of wood and he cut it like the size of a sword. He started scraping and carving it out. The shape of a sword. He has a wooden sword, a fake sword. And then he painted the top part, the handle, and put it inside. So it should look just like a regular sword. All the soldiers have their real swords. And he has his wooden sword sticking on the side, the exact same spot. And he colored, he painted the, the handle. It should look exactly the same. So you walk by and look. All the soldiers with all their swords. He looks exactly like all the other soldiers. Perfect, fine. Okay. He stands at attention. The king is coming by. And the king's looking, looks staring at all the soldiers, until the king sees the soldier who last night was in, was drinking and gave away his sword. The king sees who he is, and the king stopped right by the soldier, right next to him. Let's say the Yiddish soldier was standing right here. The king went to the soldier standing right here and said, Look at your uniform! Disgusting! So dirty! So the soldier standing next to him is turning colors and going crazy. He knew his uniform was perfect clean. But you're not allowed to say no to the king or else you're finished. So he said, uh, Your Majesty, I'm sorry. I'll be better next time. Please forgive me. Uh, screaming, how dare you? In the king's army? That's how you dress? His, his uniform was perfect. So then the king turned to the Yiddish soldier who didn't have a sword and screamed at him, Take out your sword and chop off his head. So now he's stuck. He doesn't have a sword. But the king told him to. He can't say no to the king or else you're finished. And if he takes out his sword, you want to see this is a fake sword. So, on the spot, he had a Yiddish cup, he was smart, he got an idea. He said, Your Majesty, I'll do what you say, you're the king. But I feel like he's innocent, he didn't do anything wrong. So I pray to the one God, I pray to, you know, pray to Hashem, that if he's really innocent, that Hashem should do a miracle and he should turn my sword into wood. Saying that, he grabbed the sword, pulled it out, and everyone saw, whoa, it's wood. A miracle happened. No one knew he didn't have a sword. Everyone thought he had a regular sword. And it looked like everyone else's sword. He said, Hashem should please do a miracle, turn the sword into wood, pulled it out, it's wood. And we said, wow, a miracle happened in front of our eyes. No one knew it was a trick, except for the soldier, and the king, because the king last night was with his soldier and knew he didn't have a sword. That's why he told him, take out your sword. He did the whole thing, just make a trick. Tell him to take out your sword and you have a sword. The king realized it was a trick, but the king couldn't say anything. Because when he would go outside, pretend to be a regular person, he didn't want anybody to know. So if he would say, no, 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 I know it was a trick, how do you know? Because I was in the bar... Uh, he didn't want to say that. So the king pretended, wow, a miracle. Hmm. Really was impressed, wow. The soldier's brilliant, so smart. They said, fine, I'll forgive your friend. He doesn't need to die. And for you, I want you promoted to go higher, become an officer. He was impressed how smart the soldier was. I want to promote him. Fine. Later, the the king again asked about the soldier and said, I want to promote him more. And I, he kept on promoting him because he liked his soldier until the king made him his own personal bodyguard. Every king, and also nowadays, every president, every leader, 
they always have special like policemen and soldiers who protect them. If anybody wants to you know, hurt the king or someone, so they stand right next to the king and they protect him. So he would stand right nearby the king and the king would talk to him a lot. And the king really liked his soldier and he sounded so smart. He would discuss things with him. He didn't tell him so he went secretly out. He knew him, but until one day, the king started talking about religion with a soldier and said, you know, do you believe in Hashem? Do you go to our cloister at the Getchka place every few days, every week? The soldier said, you know, I believe in Hashem, but I don't go to your Getchka places because I'm a Yid. I only believe in one Hashem. I don't believe in your Getchkas. And the Tsar Nikolai, who was, he didn't like Yidin, he said, what? You're a Yid? I didn't know that. I thought you were a guy. I wouldn't have made you so high, so special in the army, my own bodyguard, if I knew you were a Yid. So the, the, the Yiddish soldier said, fine, if you want, I can go back, put me all the way back down. I'll be a regular soldier. I don't have to be special. And the king said, no, 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 no. I like you. I have a better idea. I want you to be high, but you'll schmanzich, become a goy, we'll go to the galach, and then me and the queen, we'll like, like adopt you, we'll be like your parents. And I'll make you the highest you can ever be. I'll make you a general. I'll give you all the riches, all the money in the whole world. You get a lot of honor. And the soldier didn't want to. I, I don't want all the money in the world, all honor. I'm a yid. So the soldier's going, uh, your, um, your majesty, but, uh, the king saw he didn't want to, so he started to threaten him. He said, you know what? I'm the king, and I made you so high. If you don't do what I want, it's not gonna be good for you. You know what I could do? So the, the soldier said, uh, oh, okay, fine, I guess, uh, fine, whatever. Good! Wonderful! The king said, We'll make a huge party out of it. Ah, it'll be so good, so happy. The king was happy, and the soldier was very sad. Uh, the king made a day in a few weeks, invite all the big important people, get the big, big galach to come, made a whole party, get a whole wagons and royal wagons and music and marching. And they're riding these royal wagons. In the front wagon was the king and the queen, and right behind them was this soldier who's gonna but take him and schmadzich and make a whole party out of it. So he spoke, he wanted to honor the soldier. Look, we're bringing such royal carriages and music and uh, this is such a great thing to schmadzich. And the soldier, he's not feeling honored and wonderful. He's feeling horrible. He's saying, what on earth am I doing? How did I say okay fine to the king? <laughs> he didn't learn anything for years. He was in the Russian army. But you know, I'm a yid. I only believe in Hashem. I can't be chasham standing and be our guy. So he's feeling so horrible inside. What on earth am I doing? He's going crazy inside of, inside the carriage. Okay. The carriage was passing over a bridge, over a big strong river. It was flowing very strong. So that the soldier flew open the, threw open the door. He ran out and he screamed loud, He jumped off the bridge into this river and disappeared in the water. And he drowned. He gave up his life, so now, everyone saw that, and the whole big party is, everyone's sad, no shmadzich, no party, and everyone back, that's it, okay, and the king was especially sad, he said, I just lost my good friend, 
He would talk to him a lot. He liked him. And why did he kill himself? Not to become a guy. Now wait a minute. I made my whole decree to be in the army for 25 years, take him as a little boy, so they should give up and become a guy. Look at this soldier. He didn't know much. He didn't know, I don't, I doubt he knew how to read Hebrew. He probably forgot. He didn't know Chumash. He didn't know Mishnah's Gemara. He didn't know anything. He didn't learn. He wasn't able to. I made him so high. I was gonna make him the general with all the money. And everything gave up just because he's a Yid. Not to give up being a Yid. So my plan is not working. I wanted to make them not Yid anymore, become Goyim. And look, it didn't work. For this person who nothing is gonna have all the money, everything, nope, kill himself not to Chasusham get being a Yid. So my plan is not working. So a little bit after that, the king said, forget it. It wasn't a good idea. And he stopped his whole gzeda of kidnapping the Yilach from their parents.